For today's episode, I will be sharing with y'all one of our most popular workshops that we put on recently, the Inner Child Workshop. This is a free workshop we did for one of our own community calls where I really dove deep into all things Jungian psychology, depth psychology, and inner child work. Now, if you have been alive and not under a rock and on social media in the last year, um, you've definitely seen this phrase, inner child. And for a lot of us, we have some, you know, a very rudimentary understanding of what this is, but there's actually a tremendous amount of psychology and science behind it. And I would love for you to understand the depth of what it means to um, work on the inner child, what it is in terms of where, you know, what it is in your psyche and what it does and how it affects you as an adult and um, ways that we can really get in touch with this part of ourselves so that we can heal any wounds that are still bleeding everywhere. And I know for me, um, you know, I come from a background of a lot of trauma in my childhood and things that I've spent years and years and years pulling apart and working through and um, finding meaning from and processing and all those good things. And, um, you know, there are a lot of coaches and therapists out there who are actually not trained in Jungian psychology and are doing and facilitating a lot of these inner child processes with people. And, and you know, I was talking to a friend of mine recently about this, a colleague, and um, even my dogs are very upset about it, apparently. But I was talking with a colleague recently about this and how, you know, we really want to make sure that this information is ethically being released, that you guys actually understand the background and the, um, you know, expansiveness of these concepts, and you're not really getting the kind of dime store version of it. So without further ado, here is the Inner Child Workshop. If you are someone who's looking to heal your childhood wounds, to get in touch with your um, inner child, this is definitely going to be an episode you don't want to miss. So I'm so excited to see what you guys think. Tag me on Instagram with your feedback, DM me, let me know, and let's get to it. Hi, and thank you for tuning in to the OM Community Call Replay. Uh, this week, we talked about the inner child and where that theory comes from. We also talked about uh, how the inner child shows up in our adult life, how it causes havoc and how we can approach healing our inner child if we're um, struggling with some things that may have happened to us that we haven't gotten closure from from our childhood. So um, I have a really beautiful PowerPoint presentation for you. I um, forgot to record the first a couple of minutes of the community call, so I'm going to go over the first slide uh, right now, and then it'll automatically just roll right into the community call and pick up where I started the recording. And if you guys have any questions uh, or any feedback at all, I'd love, love, love to talk with you. So hit reply to the email if you're receiving this in the uh, newsletter, or uh, go ahead and DM me. I'm on Instagram, as you know, at om underscore therapy underscore coaching. So let's get started. So as I mentioned, today's topic is the Inner Child Workshop. Super, super excited. I feel like this is one of the more relevant topics these days that we hear so much about um, on social media and in popular um, news. And so, you know, along with um, shadow work and things like, you know, um, shadow work and healing and the unconscious and subconscious programming, all these like key words we've been hearing a lot in pop science and pop psychology, um, they actually are rooted in very, very real 
um, and research concepts and, and uh, theories. So I wanted to kind of, being a depth psychologist myself, wanted to really go into the inner child because that actually comes from depth psychology from Carl Jung. And for those of you um, who are not familiar, he was uh, Freud's kind of disciple and they really uh, ended up separating on the fundamental perspective of human drive. And so Carl Jung really believed that um, we are driven by our unconscious and by different parts of our psyche that develop over time, uh, one of which is the inner child. And so in his theoretical perspective, um, it's really known as Puella Aeternus or Aeterna, uh, Aeternus being the masculine and Aeterna being the feminine of the word, and it is, refers to the eternal child. So it's, that, it's this idea that um, destructive behaviors as an adult really stem from a wounded eternal child and that no matter how old we get physically, that we have a child version of us that will always live in our inner psyche and unless we understand if they're um, in pain or they're in fear, we won't understand um, how they're like affecting our decisions and generating these automatic thoughts and different things that happen so that we perceive things to be a certain way and then make really impulsive decisions that might most likely are going to hurt us until we become conscious of what is happening in our unconscious, right? So um, there's two facts. We all have secrets. Most of us have had um, some wounding tied, tied to our inner child. Um, perhaps our vulnerable and sensitive inner child needs healing, you know, whether our wounding was caused by, let's say, a childhood friend, um, moved away, or you experienced physical or psychological abuse at any point in your life, um, or, or had a chaotic home, or a broken family, or was bullied, um, like me, the resulting pain really doesn't go away. It really stays within us and just gets repressed and shoved down and compartmentalized because we are told that we have to grow up at a certain point, but not really given the tools to move past a lot of these things that happen to us as children. And so um, we have this wounding inside of us that unconsciously then affects us as adults and causes us to really behave in bad ways, in ways that are hurting, hurtful to us. Um, but if we do connect to the inner child and do the work, uh, we can really get to some of the reasons for our you know, larger adult fears and phobias, belief systems, patterns. Um, and when we can kind of begin to understand how they all interconnect, then really the healing, deep healing, and, and transformation can occur. And so... Um, so this is kind of the foundation of, of the inner child and why it's important to do this work. And um, some destructive behavior is just to get it out of the sky and give you some concrete examples. So um, one example could be, let's say you have parents who are really emotionally absent um, growing up. What might end up happening is that our inner child feels really, really sensitive to being emotionally abandoned. And so we may not have like any boundaries with people as adults because we really, the last thing our inner child wants to feel is rejection or abandonment, right? And so if we don't have that awareness, we may find ourselves being people pleasers and not feeling good about that and not having boundaries with people and letting them kind of take advantage of us because we, somewhere inside of us, there's such a deep-seated fear of abandonment that we um, we never actually like stand up for ourselves. And so we'd rather sacrifice our own happiness and alignment and to keep a person in our life because of this wounded inner child that is just so desperate to be loved. And so until we understand how these pieces really 
fit together, it's very, very hard to um, get out of our own way. So this is the inner child and the inner child work. And um, at this point, I'm going to add in the video from the community call because we've caught up. And we'll talk more about these destructive behaviors and all that. Okay, so we kind of started this lecture. Sorry for whoever's joining in late. I will go back and re-record the beginning of this. <laughs> I get I get so into it, you guys. I forget that I do this like to reuse it and like use it for my business, but I just love talking about this stuff. Um, okay, so um, commonly destructive behavior in adults um, really looks like impulsive quality of children. So if you look at like the kind of impulsive things that we do, um, it's like that childish tantrum. It's kind of like that inner child doing that thing that's going to get the attention or, you know, make us in, in the in the immediate moment feel better. Um, you know, if it's breaking that thing or yelling at that person who's closest by or whatever it is to release that distress that we're feeling. Um, so the archetypal Jungian notion, um, of this puer eternus that we're talking about, it provides the basis for everything that the inner child is. Um, so the inner child, like I said, is not real, um, not literally or physically, but figuratively and metaphorically. And it's like the idea of, if you've heard of psychological complexes, it's kind of like that. It's a psychological or phenomenological reality and an extra, extraordinarily powerful one. Um, and in fact, most mental disorders and destructive behavior patterns are, as Freud kind of said, more or less related to this unconscious part of ourselves that lives within us and is kind of activating most of our automatic thoughts and behaviors and driving all of that. <clears throat> so... We were all once children and still have that child dwelling within us, but most adults are very unaware of this. And, you know, like we're walking around like, like adult bodies, but children psychologically. And this lack of conscious relatedness to our own inner child is precisely where so many behavioral, emotional, and relationship difficulties actually stem from. So, you know, like I said, these are kind of some examples. So in intimate partnerships, this is how it shows up in your adult life, right? In intimate partnerships, you may feel constant fear and anxiety that you might be abandoned or betrayed or cheated on, things like that. Um, or maybe you don't advocate for yourself. And one of the places that you don't especially advocate is at your job, where let's say someone is taking credit for all of the work you did in the group project. <laughs> um, because you don't want to be seen as making, you know, trouble or being a liar. Like your automatic thought is like, oh my God, people are going to be so angry at me for like calling them out and I should not rock the boat, right? That's an automatic behavior that really stems from like fear of, you know, really asserting yourself, taking space, being seen. Um, and it just happens automatically and it happens really fast. And we'd make that decision to not say anything. And then it happens over and over and we feel like shit. Um, you know, so that's not, we don't want to do that. Um, you know, another example is you can talk negatively towards yourself. Uh, if you do this often, this is definitely wounded inner child. Um, whether it's the voice of the, the wounders who hurt you or it's your own voice that you even now internalize those voices and you think it's yours. Um, if you call, if you call yourself names or even in, even in jokingly, like it's not a joke. It really is that your brain can't tell the difference and it comes from a place of some truth. So I encourage you, if you ever find yourself in front of your friends being, oh my God, I'm so annoying or oh my God, I'm so ugly. 
or what I'm so stupid. I can't do anything right. I want you to like really stop and ask yourself why it is that you automatically say things like that. And because that is a belief you're carrying with you, if it happens that fast and it comes out of your mouth automatically, um, and it's definitely, you know, indicators that there's something that needs to be paid attention to because your inner child deserves lots of love. So the fact is um, the majority of so-called adults are not truly adults at all. We get older, um, you know, physically and with any luck, um, you know, psychologically, but, um, but getting old in our bodies is not true adulthood. You know, um, true adulthood hinges on acknowledging and accepting and taking responsibility for loving and parenting your own inner child. So I'll say that again, you know, true adulthood hinges on acknowledging. So really seeing and acknowledging, accepting in a compassionate, loving way and taking responsibility for loving and parenting your own inner child. So, you know, Jung believed that, you know, we have all these different elements of our psyche, of our unconscious. We have our inner child that lives there. We have our shadows that live there. We have, um, uh, our wise inner parent that lives there, our highest self lives there, our, you know, our soul, whatever you'd like to think about that, you know, inner spirit of yours is, um, you know, so there are all these different elements that make up our unconscious and our psyche. And within us, we have to cultivate that wise inner parent, that parent that we really wish our parents could have been, or that we wish our caretakers, if they weren't our parents could have been, um, the wise inner parent always lives within us, but we, we really have to actually cultivate it. And when you look at everybody in your life who's kind of in this unconscious state and they haven't done this work yet, I want you to look at them and imagine them at the actual psychological age that they behave at. And I think it'll make you laugh sometimes. There are people who are um, way older than me that I treat uh, at their psychological age. You know? Um, you know, there are people who are in my family who are in their you know, 60s who I approach with tactics that I use with teenagers and that works with them because that's where they are. Um, and it's also recognizing that like sometimes like that's, that's exactly that. Like we can't, we, want, we wish they would be better parents or more mature that we talk to them and they'd have this epiphany, but that normally doesn't happen. Um, so for most adults, like that idea of like true adulthood hinging on really becoming your wise inner parents and taking over responsibility of, of healing and, and parenting your inner child, for most adults, that doesn't, that never happens, right? Because they have to have some awareness of all of the stuff that we're talking about to really consciously work on this stuff. Um, instead, their inner child and many of us for many years has been denied, neglected, disparaged, abandoned, and rejected, right? We push it down. We're told by society, grow up, put the childish things aside, you know, to become adults. Um, we've been taught that our inner child representing our childlike capacity for innocence, wonder, awe, joy, sensitivity, and playfulness must be stifled, quarantined, and even killed. So in the most, in the most like, you know, even the most severe like abuse situations and 
you know, we really learn that unconsciously, like whether it's not literal death, but it's like, we know that we have to be an adult. Like there's no room for that inner child. Like things are too dangerous. They're too chaotic. If you grew up in the home, in a home with someone who's mentally ill or parents who are mentally ill or, um, you know, struggling with substance addiction, um, or like emotional volatility of any kind, like that chaos is like your inner child had to die so that you could become an adult very, very, very fast. And that is very traumatic. Um, so what ends up happening is we think we've like grown up and we grew up like that's it. We grew up, but our inner child is, she's just been locked away and denied and told to shut up and told that she's not important. And so, so much of what happens in our adulthood, if that's not addressed, she's still there and like waiting for something to get better. And so like in all areas of our life, she'll show up and she'll sabotage and she'll need to be seen and she'll, and that the way that that shows up is this, like these automatic thoughts, this automatic behavior, especially when your, your inner child wounding is triggered specifically when that happens. Um, you know, so you have to know what are the wounds that I carry with me from my childhood? Um, because you're going to see the patterns and how they show up, um, you know, metaphorically in your life in different ways, in different relationships, in different scenarios because they, they're it's just patterns that keep get repeated until you become conscious of them hope this all makes sense guys um so you know the inner child comprises and potentiates these positive qualities but it also holds our accumulated childhood hurts traumas fears and angers Grown-ups, quote, are convinced that they have successfully outgrown or like jettisoned, like I said, like completely, whoop, bye, left childhood <laughs> and all the baggage, like you got in like some rocket ship and like left everything somehow behind. Um, but it, like I said, it's just like not, that's not the case. Um, so what ends up happening is that the unconscious inner child, like I said, covertly influences and controls us. Um, for many, it's not an adult self-directing their lives, you know, but rather an emotionally wounded inner child inhabiting an adult body, um, a five-year-old running around in a 40-year-old frame. It's a hurt, angry, fearful little boy or girl calling the shots and making adult decisions, a boy or girl sent, being sent out into the world to do a man or a woman's job, a five or 10-year-old or two of them trying to engage in grown-up relationships. Can a child have a mature relationship, a career, an independent life, you know, uh, yet this is precisely what's happening with us all every single day to some degree or another. And then we wonder why our relationships fall apart, right? Like why we have so many issues, uh, why we feel so anxious, so afraid, so insecure, so alone, so inferior, uh, small, lonely, lost. Um, but think about it, right? Like how else would any child feel having to fend for themselves in an apparently adult world without proper parental supervision, protection, structure, or support? This is the confusing state of affairs that we so frequently see in seekers of, of psychotherapy and coaching and, and in this space of, of wellness. It's not, you know, uh, it's, it, you, this is a good point. Um, it's not like disassociative identity disorder, by the way, guys. Like this is not like having different parts of your psyche is like like your whole unconscious is a tapestry and this is like one square of the tapestry, if that makes sense. It's not, this is not like multiple personalities. Like somehow you're going to turn into like, I'm nine-year-old Gabby and like, oh, like that's not what I'm talking about at all. Just 
clarification purposes. <laughs> um, um, so this is more of like, but this is more of like what we like to think of as like a socially sanctioned disassociation. Um, you know, it's something that we all kind of like, we can throw tantrums. This is especially true if you have friends who um, party a lot and then have like meltdowns and then it's like, oh my God, and then that night was crazy. Like that booze. It's like, no, that was like your inner child having a full fucking meltdown. Like you need to work on that. Um, you know, but we're like, oh, like that's so funny. That's just what happens. Um, you know, and that's just like an example I think of off the top of my head, but this is like, you know, there's many ways that this can show up. Um, but it's socially sanctioned to like not to not actually look at this. It's like, oh, you had this like you raged at me for two hours. Okay, like I, we'll just like move on. That's fine. It's like no, like it can't it can't be okay. We got to look at why we're in so much pain because then we cause other people pain. Um. So here are some kind of you know basic ways that we can stop letting our inner child run the show for us and this is especially helpful if you're you're really finding yourself stuck in patterns of self-sabotage and you feel like you know there might be something here that's like echoing wounds i had from my childhood and i think it might be inner child stuff um so first you want to just become conscious of your inner child super easy just like open your awareness and be an acceptance of the fact that you have an inner child. Like it's there, it's not going anywhere. It's going to affect you whether or not you believe it's there. Um, so like, I feel like this is like also, um, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I feel like this is also like the first step. It's like, accept that you have an inner child and that it's out of your control. Um, Remaining unconscious is what empowers the dissociated inner child to take possession of the personality at times to overpower the will of the adult. Um, next, we learn to, well, I, I added also meet them with compassion, and I always add things at the last minute, meet them with compassion and listen to them, right? So once you become aware that they're a part of your con unconscious world, they, you know, show up, they're living within your mind and your body and your spirit, um, you want to actually like meet them and meet them with compassion and listen to them, right? Like take them seriously, um, and to consciously and consciously start to communicate with that little girl or boy um, within. Listen to how he or she feels and what he or she needs from you right now. Um, the often frustrated primal needs of the inner child, right? So the inner child always wants love, acceptance, protection, nurturing, and understanding. Um, it, it remains the, the same today as when we were kids. We all want that. We all will always seek those, those things. Um, we don't stop wanting to be loved and accepted and protected and nurtured and understood uh, and seen just because we become like physically adult. Like that's not, that never changes. And we like to think that somehow we've, I don't know, transcended that very primal need, but we haven't. Um, so as pseudo adults, we futilely attempt to force others into fulfilling these infantile needs for us, but this is doomed for failure. What we didn't sufficiently receive in the past from our parents as children or our caregivers uh, must be confronted in the present, even though it's really, really painful. So recognize that you can't go back in time and have your childhood needs fulfilled by the current people in your life and those who raised you are most likely not going to change now. It's a really hard truth to swallow. Not saying that people can't go on their own healing journeys, but your happiness, your life can't wait for that, right? So 
kind of recognizing that number one, the people in your life, you cannot rely on them to fill the needs that you needed as a kid that weren't met. So I can think of, for example, I was really, really, really clingy to my now fiance, really clingy. Just like I needed to know what he was doing all the time. I needed to feel secure. I needed to like be reassured. Um, And I realized how much work that was for him. (laughs) And it was causing issues in our relationship because it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. Not that he's not mindful, but that that constant, he had to take care of me in that way because I couldn't help myself. It's exhausting. And your partner or your friends or the people in your life just aren't, they can't be responsible for meeting those needs that you are trying to get from them. Um, And when they have that kind of power, think about how little it takes for you to feel like shit, like, um, and not to have control because they're the ones that get to decide whether or not they're going to meet your need that day. And if they don't, they know that you're going to, you know, be vulnerable and upset and, and that they have that power. So it's really also like a reclamation of your sovereignty to realize that like you can fulfill your own needs, but there has to also be the step in between where there's just a recognition and an acknowledgement that, not only can the people in your life not fulfill your needs, but the people who needed to have done their job, like probably are not going to somehow wake up and start doing it now. And that time has passed. Like you're not a kid, you know? And, and there's the thing that I don't think gets talked about enough is that there's a really intense grieving period that happens when you allow this to be a reality, when you let go of trying to get your parents to be, understanding of what they did to you or how they hurt you or, you know, to, to try and see if you can change them or get them into therapy. Or if you, if you, you know, then separate enough from them long enough, then maybe they'll realize like all the things that we try to do, hoping, 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 it's almost like allowing that to die. And that is a really, really hard, yeah, Rebecca, super fucking hard process. It's gnarly. And I highly recommend working with someone that you feel safe with um, because this death psychologically is like going to free you. It's going to keep you from wasting any more time and energy feeling like you have have this responsibility to change this other person. It's done. Like it's over. Childhood is done. Like we don't have time for this anymore. We're wasting time. Like you got shit to do. You got happiness to seek. Um, and it's not in, in you know, they may never see you or understand you or validate you. And it's allowing yourself to say, okay, like this is, my parent is actually another wounded child. And if this is, this is the capacity that they have. This is like where their limits are. I recognize that. I have to make moves based on that knowledge that's going to be safe for me and, and move forward. So it's really hard. And again, I, I really recommend getting support for this stage because it's really, it's really tough. Um, yeah, we're all living in our, from our wounded children, Rubina, for sure. Yeah, Louisa, it's wild. Totally, totally wild. Um, Elizabeth, I'm so glad this is what you needed to hear. Yeah, the perspective shift, right? So it's like understanding like you, like we're, ne- we're never going to get that time back. Nothing's going to change. We got to grieve it. It's the hard truth of the, fat, the stuff. But once you kind of can face that and let yourself grieve it and be like, okay, like whew, that, 
I, you know, I remember going through that with my dad. My dad is, um, struggles with bipolar disorder and borderline personality disorder and major depression. It was depressed my entire life, non-functioning, um, and lots of anger, things like that. And at a certain point, I think I graduated college and he had done something that was just like the straw on the camel's back. He ruined my graduation. And at that point I realized like, I can't keep trying anymore. Like I just, I can't, like, I, it's going to be the, the death of me because just the amount of times I get hurt by this person, I'm disappointed by this person, I am let down, I'm just like, it's just so exhausting, and then getting built back up thinking, oh, they're doing better, they're doing better, they're going to change, and then they just do the same shit all over again. It's like, it's like you can't keep expecting them to change. And, and that's when I kind of was like, okay, I'm going to have to separate from this person for my own mental health for a little bit and allow myself to grieve the death of the father that I, I was, I always dreamed that maybe with therapy he could become, or maybe if he loved me more, if I was better, you know, all those things. It's kind of like, no, nah, man, you're, I'm good. Like I did everything I needed to do. And um, I love myself and like to love myself, I have to give myself permission to allow this to die so that I can move forward forward and, and maybe reach another level of healing. Right. And then, you know, at the end of the day, I've reapproached this relationship with my father from my wise inner parents. And it's a very different relationship and it works for me. And we actually are able to reconnect and have some semblance of something going on there, but, um, but in a safe way and in, in a very boundaried way, in a way that feels good for me. So you can like, there's movement here is what I'm saying, but just allow yourself to go through that grieving period and really feel what you need to feel. Um, Call in your wise inner parent, like I was saying, your highest self, your protector, your nurturer, your goddess, like whoever that archetype is for you that embodies the highest version of yourself and the most nurturing, the most loving, the most compassionate. If you were the parent that you needed, you know, like who is that? And spend time in meditation cultivating this wise inner parent if you don't know what she looks like or what she smells like or what she sounds like or what she's wearing do all of those things and really envision that um because that lives in you as well but you just need to call it into action um and you do this by giving yourself the parental rundown discipline limits boundaries and structure and unconditional love support nurturance acceptance right? So how do you provide discipline? I don't know. Eat a salad once in a while. Eat something like natural. Like, you know, like I don't know. Um, what is discipline for you? Like waking up early in the morning to get your morning routine done that you know feels good, but that you like hate getting up for. Um, you know, I don't know. What does that look like? Uh, limits. Do you like not being called at night? Like tell people to stop calling you after six. What are your limits? Like, is someone taking, a, you know, your time, um, a lot of your time up? Um, you know, make sure you tell them, hey, I'm not available. Like, set your own limits. Like, give yourself a time where you stop working. Give yourself times where you do self-care. Like, know what your, like, hell yes list is and your hell no list is and, and set those boundaries. You can always take them back, but just set them. Set all those boundaries. <laughs> give yourself nice limits. Um, boundaries, you know, again, and, and structure, you know, if you're somebody who now is working from home and, you know, you have like 30 hours of calls, that's pretty structured. If you're an entrepreneur, give yourself a schedule. <laughs> um, but if you're overstructured, um, you know, definitely put in some self-care time as well. Um, but if you're like me, who's like makes their own schedule, make sure you have structure in there, guys. Um, 
So, and the other thing, the only, the other half that's really important is that you also include that kind of unconditional love and acceptance and, and really seeing yourself, acknowledging yourself. Um, hold on one second. Oh, Yvette, I just saw your message. Okay. I'm letting your friend in. Cool. So they should be in. Um, okay. So let me just look at this comments. I have a hard time accepting my own unconditional love or unconditional love from others because I work so hard to get that love from my parents. Yeah. It's super uncomfortable. <laughs> I get like, I get so much unconditional love from my clients and from like people in my life now that like I physically get uncomfortable with it still. And it's such a practice for myself to be like, you are worthy of receiving you know, like you are, and that's something you can say to yourself, like when you start to get uncomfortable with maybe unconditional love, just stop and put your hand over your heart and close your eyes and call in that wise inner parent, that higher self, and just like remind your inner child that she's worthy of love and she's worthy of love at all stages. Um, but you have to do that inner dialogue with yourself and be both, you're both, you know, and I know it's very like meta, but like that's how it is. Um, so let's see, what else? Can you speak at all about the needs we do get to have in relationships, a partnership needing trust, support, connection? Um, let's see, sorry. Um, okay, so Whitney asks, can you speak at all about the needs we do get to have in relationships? For example, a partnership needing, quote, trust, connection, emotional support, sharing parents and duties, and so on. Yeah, yes. So it's a two-way street, right? So you become conscious of what your needs are. Your partner becomes conscious of what their needs are but you both hold self-responsibility for your own healing and you try to meet each other's needs like the best you can. And when you don't, it's okay too. You did your best. And that's kind of like how I address it, if that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's you, you, you need to have needs in a relationship, but the other person can't be carrying you the entire time. Like, you know, so my needs are like, um, on days that I'm really, really busy, I like need extra support. Like I need extra support. And the way that I ask for that is very specific and I communicate that. So it's all about like really, really fucking clear communication with your partner. So it's like, hey, like these are my needs. These are my like, eh, I'm like negotiable on, <laughs> you know, like, like for example, um, like a need, need, I don't know, let's say a need, need could be like, I need um, to get eight hours of sleep. So if you're going to be working, I need you to like be, put your headphones in and like be in another room, um, you know, something like that. But like, you're also responsible at that time of night. If that person is not like honoring that to be like, Hey, just a friendly reminder. Like, I really need you to like get out of here. So you see, so it's kind of like, you're not, you can have your needs and you need to advocate for them. And the other person's responsible for meeting them, but no one's going to be perfect. So it's kind of like just being going with the flow in that way and just doing the best that you can. Um, I hope that makes sense. Let me know if that didn't make any sense, Whitney. Um, okay. So uh, a lot of this focus is on parent relationships, but this can be from peer relationships. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Oh, Yes. Oh, Jody, let's talk peer relationships. I was bullied like for a, oh God, like kindergarten until like I finally convinced my parents to let me leave the school in eighth grade. And 
so much of my inner child wounding is peer wounding and it's fem it's female to female wounding which is like the, the the you know the wounded feminine that we see so much now with women being in so much competition with one another and and always feeling like they have to one up one another and like this like toxic stuff that we have going on instead of like really doing what we do best which is like being in community and like loving each other um so yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. If you were a child that had like, you know, so social stuff going on, like bullying or, um, you know, really peer to peer, I call it peer to peer abuse, really. Um, you know, I definitely, this can affect you, um, and can be from like any, any kind of relationships that you, you know, were a part of growing up. Um, so, you know, inner child, like mostly, you know, we're talking in psychology, clinically, we talk about like, you know, um, Jung talks about like mother, father, you know, Freud is like mother, father, but like in a more modern holistic view, we know it like the peer relationships, the more tangential relationships, they all can affect how our psyche forms and the things that happen to us. I, I remember being traumatized by a camp counselor. I had one time. So, you know, it like, it happens. Um, okay. Let's see. You are so worthy. Yes. Um, okay, so Ankasha, if I pronounce it correctly or incorrectly, I apologize. Um, she said, I'm accepting and dealing with my unmet need to belong. Mm, oh my God, I feel this deeply. Um, it has manifested itself in my friendships and no bond lasts more than a few years. This is happening at a personal level and on a professional level. Super important, right? See, like these things really do affect the different areas of our life. You know, it's all relational. Um, I'm building a conscious shopper community called the Alt Living. So cool. Uh, when I post, especially something personal. I contract so much. I literally sweat when I have to respond to comments or reach out to people. How do I balance this for my growth and growth of my mission? Yeah. So, um, so a couple of things. Uh, if you are, um, and I'm going to talk in the next slide, actually, I think I'll just like go into that is just like a couple of things you can start doing. Um, so I totally feel this and I definitely have actually had like a very similar experience to, to having a lot of social anxiety when it comes to posting more vulnerable things. Um, I'm going to pull this up here so I can oh, pull it up here so I can read it. Um, so I think there's a couple of things. Identify like where that fear first started of being fully seen, of showing yourself. Um, maybe like where were you perhaps rejected or abandoned or unloved, made to feel unloved or unworthy as a child because you were being you. Um, and, you know, try to identify that. And sometimes simply just like putting that piece together and being like, oh my God, this is like, I'm having this response because I'm being triggered. My inner child is being triggered from the, that, those experiences I had, A, B, C, and D, and whatever those might be. Um, and then it's like establishing safety within your body all the time, right? So the thing that gets triggered first is the body. So it's like when you start to feel yourself, um, you know, when you're posting something or you're, 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 or you're interacting on a personal level with people and you feel them like, like pulling away or whatever it might be that's coming up. Um, if you are feeling, um, let's see, I'm really conscious shopper community. 
if you're feeling the anxiety, then it's just like really like breathing. And like, I like to say things like, you know, you're safe to be seen. You're safe to be here. It's safe to say the things that you want to say. The world needs to hear what you have to say. And this is also something that like as a leader in any, any field, like it's like, you're going to have to deal with this anxiety like forever and ever, because you're always going to be at the, like saying things at the forefront of things. So, um, working on that nervous system regulation through like, you know, breathing and yoga and just like reminding yourself, you know, through your mantras that like, you're safe, like you're okay. That You know, people on the other end of like the, the digisphere, like can't come and kill you like through the phone, like you're going to be okay. Um, and you always can block people as well. Um, yeah. So this is definitely, I would, I would definitely dive into like more deeper inner child healing because it sounds like it's, it's definitely affecting a couple of areas that would, we would need more than just, you know, the time that we have here. Um, I hope this is helpful for you guys. Please keep asking questions. Um, oh, Marissa, that's a great one. Marissa suggested the mantra, people are willing to embrace what I have to say. Yeah. It's really, it's a really good one. Um, okay, great. So these are some inner child healing tools and exercises. There's so many, and um, I highly recommend working with someone who's familiar, more familiar with like the depth psychological lens if you're going to be doing this work. There's a lot of influencers um, out there right now who are dipping into this space. So I just really just ask them where they got trained, ask them what they know. I'm not saying that you have to be a depth psychologist, but just like make sure they actually like, they didn't just Google this and like, you know, or like, cause I, I, I'm just saying that cause I personally know a few and I, I brought this up to them and they're making a lot of money from their services and uh, it's not ethical. So anyway, soapbox over. Uh, okay. So inner child healing tools and exercises. Um, so of course, good old journaling. We love journaling. Um, you know, just simply becoming aware of the pain you went through as a child and acknowledging it as being painful, um, and seeing and connecting the dots for yourself and how you see it affecting you today. Just putting those pieces together for your unconscious is super helpful in healing. Um, I'd say that this would probably be one of the first steps you want to do. Uh, you know, so maybe thinking about like, are there things that, oh my God, I get this all the time. So when I was doing trauma work, um, and mental health coaching specifically, I would get clients come in and go, oh my God, I got to tell you, like I would ask them about their child and they'll be like, oh my God, it was so weird. Or it was so like funny. Like, let me tell you about my funny childhood. And I'm like, great. Like, let me hear about this funny childhood, which I'm like, I know where this is going. And then they tell me these like hilarious stories about, the horrible things that they went through. And I'm like, that's, and then they would be done. And I'm like, that sounds really fucking painful. And then they just like break down because like for so many years out of being, you know, having to survive, right. We don't feel or acknowledge or see ourselves in the pain we went through as children. You know, as soon as we're like, we grow up, it's like we're a child. And then suddenly we're like adults. Like there's no, like, we don't get a pause or an in-between and we don't like stop to actually be like, Hey, like, this was fucked up. Like, Oh my God. Like that was terrible. Like I had a, I had a breakup with a boyfriend that like severely traumatized me. And like everyone around me was like, Oh my God, first love. And I'm like, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> you know, it was like very serious for me and nobody understood that. And so for years I would play it down. Like, Oh my God, my first love was so heartbreaking. But like at the time it was severely traumatizing. Um, so actually just writing down for yourself and just seeing like, Hey, like, okay, yeah, let's like get real. This stuff happened and this was painful. It's a first step, right? Just allowing yourself to make it a reality. 
um, and to validate your own perspective. And then writing as your inner child. So really uh, like taking time to just allow your inner child to, to take over and communicate with you directly. So you might want to sit down, maybe meditate for a few minutes, do some like connecting with your breath, put on, you know, sage, palo santo, like incense, like your altar set up if you have an altar and you do that. Um, and when you dive in, ask, start asking yourself and you can write it down or you can just simply have this as a meditative conversation. Ask your inner child to come out, ask them, you know, tell them it's safe and then ask them to just, what do they need? Like what's going on? How are they doing? And approach it from this wise inner parent and embody that um, part of your psyche directly. Uh, so you might want to, you know, say, hey, little Gabby, I'd love to talk to you. I know you're in pain. I know something's happening. What's going on? And you just wait. And I promise you that you're going to start to have thoughts and you're going to be like, oh, where are these coming from? <laughs> um, and that's going to be your inner child talking to you. I promise. It's not, you're not crazy. This is like what we do in therapy. If you're not familiar, <laughs> like this is how we do it. Um, you got to talk to yourself. Another exercise that's super helpful, if you're kind of in the more latter stages, I want to warn you, this is not an exercise for beginning um, beginners. This is an exercise if you've established some practices where you can regulate yourself, where you feel like, you know, when you get into the throes of an emotional kind of space that, you know, you know how to handle it, you know how to cry and, and release and do what you need to do in a healthy way. Um, not, you know, going to go reach for wine or going to go hurt yourself or, you know, binge or do something that's going to do, that's going to hurt you um, when you get activated. So make sure you have some kind of foundational work. Uh, so the empty chair exercise, can be really powerful, especially if you have had, um, you know, abuse as a child from your parents, or even I did this for um, uh, Jody. You had mentioned peers. I had done this exercise a bunch of times with different um, peers who really, really, really traumatized me growing up, and it was really helpful. Um, so it's basically setting up an empty chair across from you, and where you allow yourself to visualize the person who hurt you either, you know, as they are now or at the time that they hurt you. If you haven't seen them in a long time, you probably don't know what they look like. And you just allow yourself to allow your inner child to speak without a filter and to confront and perhaps unleash anger or rage or, or you know, fear or whatever it is that's been pent up on the person who call or people who cause you pain. And it's in a safe way because obviously there's no one else there, but the mind really can't tell, like I said, the unconscious and the mind can't tell the difference between um, fantasy and reality. And so for your unconscious and for your inner child, it's going to be real. So you will feel like intense emotional responses. You will probably cry. You will probably scream. You will probably feel out of control, but that's like stuff that's been living in you since whatever it is happened, happened. And it needs to come out because energetically that stuff is going to turn into disease and long-term, um, you know, illness, physical illness, mental illness. It's just, it's all bad. We want to get that stuff out. Um, so again, this is more of an advanced exercise, but it's like, you know, let that person know how they affected you. Fucking let them have it. Like, and it's in a safe way. They'll never know you actually like said this if they're in your life now. And, and it's, it, you know, you can really just unleash. Um, and then another part is like, you know, playing, creating art, uh, drawing, painting, singing, 
um, you know, helping your inner child without words, because, you know, as children from, we didn't have necessarily the language to speak about and articulate what happened to us. And so, so many times, like our trauma gets stuck just in, um, in, in, in images and in textures and smells and energies. And so creating artwork is a really beautiful way to allow your inner child to play and access creativity. Um, and, you know, create art around, you know, you know, things that are part of the healing process for you, you know, so it can be creating a mandala, you know, of your inner child and like drawing out a really nice, like beautiful mandala, you know, representing your inner child and your soul and things like that. Or it could be creating a poem, you know, where you talk about how strong your inner child is or, or you, or you write like, or you paint something like, I don't know, whatever it is, like if it's artistic, it is healing. So these are a couple of things. These are a couple of mantras and affirmations you can use. I go back to my inner child. I take care of my inner child. Tich Nhat Hanh, the OG, he's my fave. Um, I see you. I hear you. I love you. I'm so sorry you're in pain. I will take care of you. You are safe. You are loved. You are okay. So affirmations, again, like we said, the brain can't tell the difference. So we're at 5.55. I have a, an inner child meditation. Um, I want to invite anybody who would like to sit and practice to uh, go ahead and get comfortable. Uh, you can go ahead and turn your cameras off. This is going to be potentially, you know, um, emotional. So just like give yourself some space, make sure like, you know, your dogs are not all over you and all that. So you have some space to actually visualize and do it. Um, and for those of you who can't stay with us, this will be recorded. So you can always do it on your own time. Um, and so I'm going to stop my video here. <sighs> so just start by taking a couple of deep breaths. <sighs> Releasing through the mouth, inhaling through the nose. Filling up your belly and your lower back and engaging in the parasympathetic rest and digest nervous system. Most of the time we like to breathe from our chest. And if you place your hand over your chest and you feel your chest moving up and down, you're breathing from your fight or flight. So if it helps you, I encourage you to bring your hand down to your belly and maybe your other hand to your lower back. And as you breathe in through your nose, really visualizing filling up that lower belly, maybe holding the breath there for a few counts and releasing with an exhale through the mouth. Feel free to give a little ah. like an automatic chill pill for your body. <sighs> so we're going to start by just checking in with our physical form. Go ahead and start by bringing your attention to the top of your head. We're going to start scanning for any tension, any pain, 
anywhere you feel like your body might be holding on to something. Using your awareness to see in your eyelids, if they're tense, drop your eyelids. Drop your forehead muscles, relax them. And let your jaw get loose. Maybe going down your neck and seeing if there's any tension in your neck. And if you're finding any tension anywhere, just visualize as you breathe in, you're breathing into these areas and the oxygen is floating into your body and opening up these spaces so they're nice and relaxed and juicy and open and activated. Continue scanning down your shoulders and drop your shoulders and your arms. Going down to your hands. Now returning up into your chest, feeling your body relaxing, letting go. Moving down your stomach, stopping for a moment to use our powers of introception to check in on the insides of our insides, your guts, your digestive tract, your liver, your kidneys, your lungs, your heart. Look at all of the incredible ways your body shows up for you without even having you do anything consciously. All of these organs work every single day to keep you alive and healthy. Give gratitude. Your body is an amazing thing. If you feel any tension and just breathe into those spaces, into your organs. Now moving more outwards, relaxing your abdomen and your belly. Now moving down into your hips and your sacral chakra, your root chakra, where we hold so much trauma and pain and stress. go. Relax the muscles in the butt. Moving down, relaxing your quads and your hamstrings. Relaxing your calves and your ankles and your feet. Allowing your whole body to go limp and just feel present, relaxed. Imagining any stress that you just experienced 
Now draining from the top of your head down through your neck, over your shoulders and down your arms and torso and down your root chakra and down your legs and down your feet and out into the earth where it's absorbed and will be repurposed for something else. Give it back, you don't need it. Now we're going to begin visualizing our wise inner parents, our inner goddess, our inner highest self. I want you to call into your mind's eye what this soul being looks like. This divine part of you that always has the wisdom and knowledge you need that has the love that you so crave, that looks at you with unconditional acceptance, admiration, faith. What does your highest self look like? What is she wearing? color is her hair? Is it long? Is it short? Is she wearing jewelry? Does she have any kind of a smell? Like lavender or the ocean? Take a moment just bring her into your mind's eye and connect. And in this body, you feel powerful and whole and unconditionally loved. You know things are going to be okay, and you know you are in control, and you know that you have the power to do whatever it is that you need to do to feel good, to be happy to heal. And keeping with the deep breath, I want you to now bring to your mind's eye the front of your childhood home. 
Perhaps it's an apartment building. Perhaps it's a standalone house. Take a moment to remember what this front of your childhood home looks like. What time of the year is it? Is it cold? Are you alone? Or are there other people there? Looking around you, you recognize exactly where you are. Maybe a little bit of anxiety comes up or fear. It's okay. You got this. And as you're looking at the front of your childhood home, the door opens, and out of the door walks your inner child. And your inner child is you. Perhaps at an age where you felt vulnerable lost or alone, scared or in pain. She's at that age where she was needing the most her parents or safety or love, but wasn't getting it. How old is that? What does she look like? What is she wearing? What is her energy like? she has noticed that you're standing there and she's smiling and now she's made eye contact and you know she's asking you to come with her and so you begin to move towards your inner child with her hand stretched out waiting for you smiling curious inviting you take your inner child's hand and she begins taking you towards the front door of the house or the apartment where your family lives. She stops at the front and she looks at you. Maybe there's something in her eyes that make you feel like you might need to say something. And so you kneel down you look at your inner child and you tell her whatever it is I love you I accept you and I'm here to protect you you will never have to be alone ever again and you give your inner child a hug 
in that hug, there is a knowing that she is never going to be alone or vulnerable or needing of anything because you are here. And you stand back up and you realize that you're the one that's in charge of this show. And so you take her hand and you open the door. Now I'd like you to take the next few minutes to explore your childhood home with your inner child. Go into every single room, see every person who's there, what's happening, is there shouting, is there chaos? Whatever is going on, take this time to guide your inner child through the rooms and remind her that she is safe. Continuing to take deep breaths, establishing safety in your body. Walking through the den, office, maybe the kitchen. are the details that you can see? Can you smell anything? your way into your childhood bedroom and you close the door behind you so that just you and she are safe and alone. And you get down on your knee and you look at her in the eye. recognize that you are she and she is you and that no matter what moving forward from this day she will never be unheard again 
She will never be unprotected again. She will never be unseen again. And you remind her that you love her unconditionally and that you're sorry that she was in so much pain and so much fear, but that you're in charge and from now on, that never has to be a part of her reality. And so with this, we realize it's time to go and you make your way out of whatever room it is that you have ended up with and you walk towards the front door and you walk out the front door with your inner child holding hands down and around to the front of the house where we started knowing that she can't come with you but that you always know where to find her you wave goodbye and you see that she is a lot better than when you first arrived. And you turn around and you walk forward towards a door that's in a bright, bright pool of light. And you put your handle on the hand on the handle and you turn the doorknob and you walk through and close the door behind you. And suddenly you're back, back in this realm, feeling calmer, feeling more whole, and with a deeper understanding of what your needs are. You are beautiful, you are loved, you are divine, you are everything that you were meant to be. Take a few deep breaths. When you're ready, you can begin coming back to your physical form, wiggling your toes, fingers, stretching, and before we come back to meet and turn our cameras on and just have a little community before goodbye before we head off, um, I'd like you to place your hand on your heart and give yourself a moment to give thanks for showing up for this practice and thanks for your inner child for participating gratitude for just life for yourself
Awesome, guys. Thanks for participating and joining in that meditation. Did anybody want to share or have any questions or anything about that? Feel free to drop it in the chat or just like out loud. You feel free to just shout it out. Oh, Jody, I'm glad. You're welcome, Vivian. You're welcome, Ravina. Awesome. You're welcome, Maddie. Oh, yeah, that was, it was tough. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, sometimes I've had people who like, just like can't get into the visualization, which is totally cool because sometimes our defense mechanisms are, it's like, this isn't safe and it's like, it locks us out and that's okay. Um, This is a really, um, you know, kind of can be intense for people who've gone through a lot in their childhood. Um, For other people, you know, they get into it right away and it's like, there's a lot of crying and a lot of like emotions come up and all of that. So, um, but just like, we've definitely unlocked something. So like post meditation, self-care, um, you might notice like active, more active dreams. You might be more feeling more vulnerable. You might be more emotionally sensitive. Um, so just be aware that you want to be really gentle with yourself in the next coming days and journal anything that's coming up for you. You might have some memories pop up, things like that. Um, Bridget, uh, could there be a piece to add for folks whose childhood homes were really unsafe? Is there something we could add for the safety piece in the visualization? Yeah. So um, what we want to do is by the time we bring them to this kind of work, we need to already have established some level of, of uh, you know, distance from this experience, right? So we wouldn't do this with someone, let's say, who's in like the beginning stages of their trauma work or in even the coaching space who've like, let's say, gone to therapy. I would wait to do this. Um if they did something, if their home was really unsafe, I would just add additional um, visualizations around like your highest self is, is here to protect you. She has her arm around you. Like she's like, there's nobody come close to you. Your energy field is is strong, you know, and any time that you feel like, you know, you can even specifically for the person introduce a visualization with the person they felt unsafe with. And then in this visualization, have it be a healing experience. And that can be a rewiring for the unconscious as well. Um, And so in that you would just say, okay, so we're going to confront this person and your highest self is going to stand between you and this person. And she's going to be in the way and and protecting you and you see her and you feel safe and you let this person have it and they explode into a million pieces. And that part of our imagination and creativity is part of our child stuff um, that we cut off access to as adults. And that's also the part that helps us really trick our brain into feeling like we've had some kind of closure, right? And we've processed this out. But you bring up a very important piece, which is that like we need to be super, super mindful of safety. And if there's somebody who's in a, a place where they're not, their um, ego is not strong, meaning like they, um, you know, they're very emotionally sensitive and not in the way that our HSPs are, but in a way that's just like, they're not in control. Um, it can, it can be very dangerous. It can trigger suicidality. Um, I'm a trained meditation professional, um, whatever that means, you know, I've gone through certifications and things, and this is something that they actually don't discuss. So as someone who's in the trauma space, um, thank you for bringing that up. It's really, really, really important. It could be very re-traumatizing if not done correctly. So consult before you take anybody through this kind of um, process and make sure that they're ready for it. Um, thank you for that question. That was awesome. Marissa, my inner child has been so angry lately. Oh, girl, yes, yes, yes. I've been feeling, I've been feeling some rage too. Um, yeah, so I highly recommend just screaming. Like, <laughs> 
I, like you've seen like babies throw tantrums and they like literally they scream, they cry. I mean, I know, I, I mean, I know there's a, there's, I'm not going to call her out, but there's a specific individual in here who works with moms and is my client. And, um, and I know this is her jam too, you know, kids. So, um, Kylie, so, <laughs> you know, when you watch babies, like they like, they're just like all over the place. That's because like, you know, like that's how you get it out. Like your body knows that's how you release that, that, that distressing emotion out of your body is you physically scream and cry. So let your inner child cry. And I also would say if you have anything that you don't mind breaking, break some shit. There's a rage room in, in downtown LA that's really great, but and I haven't been to it yet, but they're closed. But break some stuff. <laughs> it's very cathartic. Um, kickboxing is also a good, nice, safe way of, of doing that. Um, anybody else have any questions? Oh, awesome. Yeah, rage rooms. They're literally all the rage. No pun intended. Um, okay, cool. So any other questions from you guys? Any other comments or anything that you that's on your mind? Rocks and rivers. Ooh, that's a good one. Throwing rocks and rivers. Mm-hmm. Anything that like helps you release burning like letters. If you write a letter to the person who hurt you and burn it, that's really, really cathartic as well. Um, but yeah, it was so nice having you all. Thank you for joining me for this little inner child workshop. And if you have any questions, um, I'm at om dot underscore, sorry, om underscore therapy underscore coaching. And that's how you probably found me. Um, I also, we are open for enrollment for Ignite. So if, if you like doing this kind of thing and you like the woo woo and helping other people and, and creating abundance, you know, and, and you know, all that good shit, then please come join us. Um, we would love to have you. It's a really fun, fun group. We are already almost halfway sold out. So, um, the deposit is $500. So if you're interested, hit me or Amber up and we'll get you on an enrollment call to see if you're a good fit. There is an application process. So, um, we don't pick everybody, but we do. Hopefully if you're on this call, you're probably one of the people that we would love to have because you're doing the, uh, the, the, the thing. Um, so yeah, so let me know. Um, Oh, Yvette, are there any videos regarding meeting your inner child for meditation that you recommend? Um, not that I know of. I really didn't. I, I actually was looking for some resources to pass along. Um, the only other inner child meditation I've, I've found and done is by um, Nicola Perra, the, the holistic psych psychologist, um, who you know I don't really follow anymore. But the inner child meditation that she did was really, really beautiful. I don't know if it's like available on her website, but she did it at an event I went to that she was hosting. Um, yeah, this is a very, to be quite honest, this is like one of those new things that like hasn't, that I'm trying to actually create more space for online with videos and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's like depth, the depth kind of stuff with the shadow work and the inner child stuff. There aren't really that many resources out there yet, but I'm sure there will be at some point. Um, in terms of like any other inner child stuff, um, Amber, do you know any specific inner child coaches or inner child like like videos. I couldn't find like any like that were good. Actually, I'll have to, Ellie is on this call. Like she's like everyone, every time I go to like Ellie, if you can hear me right now and you've no recommendations for inner child stuff, like please drop in the chat because my house is like crushing it with work. And then Marissa knows a ton of stuff too. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll, we'll also be sending a replay of this, the email list. So we'll drop some suggestions on there as well for some um, stuff. Oh, Whitney. Yay. Okay. Rachel Maddox. Yeah. Cool. And her rebloom re program. Awesome. Love shared resources. 
Um, so cool. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out. It was so good to, you know, have the space with you. I'm honored that you are here and, you know, wanting to hang out with us. And, um, if you have any questions about anything, let me know. And I hope you all have a beautiful week. Be really gentle and loving with yourself. And that's our episode for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us at the Conscious Leadership Podcast. I'm so excited. This next year, 2021, is going to be huge. We have so many guests that are coming on that you are going to love. I'm going to be doing some more solo casts and own therapy coaching. We have so many things rolling out for you. Retreats, another round of Ignite starting in May, another one starting at the end of the summer, a mastermind, and so many other things. So be sure to stay tuned with us on Instagram. Follow me at ohm underscore therapy underscore coaching and stay tuned for so much goodness coming up. As always, I would love to hear your feedback. Head over to iTunes and leave us a review and I would love to give you a free copy of my subconscious reprogramming workbook and that is absolutely free. Just send me a screenshot of your review and on Instagram and I will be so happy to send that over as my gift for you. And I am sending you so many hugs, so much love, and I hope that this week you are able to find just a little bit more joy in your life. Have a good one, guys.